Hey folks, I'm Jason. And I'm Eric. I teach people how to raise livestock on the land. And I teach people the Bible. I play a little banjo. And I play bass. I'm a passionate bow hunter. And I'm a die-hard Badgers fan. Together we're just two common folk trying to pursue Jesus. And live out our faith beyond Sunday's sermon. Well, Eric, uh, irony isn't a word that we... Or irony is a word that we tend to use cautiously yeah. as Christians. Yeah. But I do feel like there is some irony in what we're talking about or what you've been talking about lately. Yeah. Um, so part of that irony today is we started out our conversation this morning about you're going to help me out with something after this. So we're like, all right, we got to get going and get this recorded. Yep, yep. Well, but it's okay. And I think that's what I hope kind of came through as I was talking about this idea of having consistent rest in your life and trying to honor the Sabbath, not in a legalistic way, but in a just trust in God's design and understanding that that's how he made us is that, um, and that's actually the lead into my message for this coming Sunday. I don't want to ruin too much, but that the whole point of that is so that when it's time to go, you've got right. something in the tank to give. Like we should be people that get stuff done right. when it's time to, you know. So maybe it'd be good if we spent some time making sure that your what you're talking about is correctly understood because right. it could easily be uh, dismissed as a message that's irrelevant for living today. Right. Uh, for a multitude of reasons, but that's not the case at all. And I so I think maybe a good place to start is by talking about what this is not, like what you're not saying. And I think the one word that comes to my mind is you're not, you're not telling people to be idle. Right. Yep. And I think it's just even going through what, how Jesus approached it is, is to me the best way to look at it. Cause obviously Jesus is like, it's who we're trying to emulate. And he just has this way of, of making things really clear and taking away a lot of barriers and confusion and excuses. And, um, you know, the way that, that he showed us is that it's not legalistic. It's not something to check off your list. It's not something to impress other people. It's understanding that this is what God is asking of you for your good because he made you. And, um, and it's trusting God's design that when we fall into obedience, into his, his design for our life, that that is the best possible life that we can live, even though it doesn't quite make sense. And so what I would say is what it's not from what we can see in Jesus' life is it's not a legalistic thing. In fact, that was one of the things that the religious leaders really hated about him is according to them, he broke the Sabbath all the time. That was one of their biggest complaints. Um, you know, but according to Jesus, he was the only one actually keeping the Sabbath because he understood the real heart of it, which was for, for all of us are, are good. That's where he said the, the Sabbath was made for you. This should be something that is, you know, pouring into you, not taking from you. And I think the Pharisees were, were viewing it very much as this is something that we do and it's inconvenient and no one really likes it, but the ones who can do it, they're better, you know? I really want to take the time to to further dig into your analogy um, 
about the land and yeah. how we operate the land. And obviously that's something very close to my heart, mm-hmm. but I, there is no better analogy to use. And so I, I want to do that. But before we do that, I want to ask a couple of questions just to kind of clear up what you mean when you're talking about Sabbath. So mm-hmm. does Sabbath have to be Sunday? No. Nope. I think it needs to be consistent because, again, I think it's it's one of those where even if you read in Hebrews, it, it's a, it's an invitation. Like, a, you know, it's since this offer of rest, it's it's an offer that God has given us. And so there's people listening who probably work Sundays and it's like, that's OK. Pick another day of the week or even another evening. And, and, and this is one of those things where I truly, like in my life, how, how I had to start it is give some sort of chunk of time that is sacrificial in some way and forces me to go, ooh, I don't know how I'm going to get everything done if I give this much time. But, but not something absolutely crazy, but can you give an evening or whatever? And as you give that and as you see how much more somehow you're getting done with that time you're giving to God, I think that that's where it opens up to to increase that and, and more to where hopefully you're giving a full day. But I would I would say Sunday, it works for most people. It's a great place to like explore would this work. But for some people, it's not going to work. And that's a pick another day or another time. So Sunday is kind of the traditional one that makes sense for a lot of people. Um, it seems like the world around us is drifting away from that a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think holding to a Sunday Sabbath is more difficult than it used to be because, mm-hmm. you know, when back in the days when everything shut down, yeah. it was pretty easy to take a Sabbath on that day because you kind of had to. Yeah. Um, well, and it's always going to be easier if you can pair it with when you normally come to church, because that's kind of even the original. It's like a Sabbath rest, a day of sacred assembly. But some people, they go to church Saturday night. Some people, I mean, churches are getting very creative, and I think it's good that they're offering Thursday night services and all, you know. So so understand, like, you know, as much as it used to be really easy, because the only time you went to church was Sunday morning and everything was shut down Sunday and that was really easy. At this point, it's like there it's going to be a challenge no matter what day it is. And I think that's a good point is there has to be tons of intentionality around having a Sabbath in this day and age. Yes. And I just I want to be very clear because I don't know if I, I don't even know everyone who listens to this podcast, but some people who listen probably know me mm-hmm. or you better yeah. than others. But like anyone who knows me well could easily be questioning, boy, are you the person to be preaching this? Because you are running all the time. And I have people in my own family tell me, you need to slow down. And I understand that. But I think hopefully this can be a relevant conversation for someone because this is coming from, I mean, you and I, our lives intersect in a lot of ways, but our lives are different in a lot of ways yeah. as well. Yeah. And so I think we're two probably pretty good examples of what it's like to yeah. be, what would you consider? Are we even middle-aged? Yeah, I would we? say we're getting close. <laughs> we're in that weird, like, not quite middle-aged, but... Almost How about we're there. in the demographic of people who are the busiest? Yeah, I would say that's true. I would so, say that's true. So I think I would like to think we're a pretty good representation. Yes. 
So I'll, I just wanted to mention that from the start. So like coming from me, it's like, this is something I take seriously and I know is critical in our life, but it takes tons of resourcefulness creativity and intentionality to figure out how to integrate Sabbath into our life because we can't even really make it a routine. It has to be different on a weekly basis. Right. And and it depends. Some some people might be able to. Like, yes, like for absolutely. Me, and that's, and that's what I, I would recommend that yeah. if you can do it. Yep. But I agree with you is we have to be really, really clear that if you if it can't be the same day every week... It's like, like to me, it's like grocery shopping with Les. We try to do that together because then it's like we're on the same page. We know what our menu is, but get, given the week, we can't always go. But it's like we sit at the end of the week and go, what day are we going grocery shopping this week? And we look at our schedules and we figure it out. For some people, that might be what you have to do at the end of the week, looking at next week. What day can we have this reset, this rest, this time where we're not being productive, we're not catching up, we're not doing any work, we're just resting, letting whatever grows, grows. You're probably going to have to do that, especially if you're really busy. Now, for us, Sundays do do work pretty well. And again, for us, it's not perfect. And that's I want to say too to anyone listening, it's not going to be perfect. Um, Because I would love to be able to give it a full day. I think that's the best possible outcome. And obviously for me, Sundays are that morning is like pure, I wouldn't say chaos, but it's like I'm going. But it's like if I can give from noon till I go to bed, that is a big chunk of time. And that's the biggest chunk of time that I can realistically give right now. I would love to get to the point where I can pick a different day and have it be a full day. But right now, just realistically, but at least I can do that where it's always the same day. So it makes it a little easier for me. Yeah. And for me or for us, I think it's not just about um, taking care of our ourselves uh, spiritually and also honoring the Lord with our time Mm -hmm. but we also have five kids who if we don't model this to how are they gonna know yeah and how are they gonna handle life as they enter into adulthood and they start gaining more responsibilities if we don't show them somehow how to slow down and i have to think that that plays a significant role in the mental health trajectory of our society right now Absolutely. I think that there's two things and this is me. I mean, we're all like amateur psychologists. So you take this for what it is. But from what I've just seen, you know, and and there's no secret that mental health has just never been worse. It's Mm -hmm. like, I don't think there's many people who would refute that right now. You can just look at all the statistics. They all paint the same picture. And, and there's, there's really two things that have changed. And one is we don't rest anymore. And the second thing is social media. Those are the two big things that have changed. Because like I said on Sunday, we've never had more safety. We've never had more comfort. We've never had more access to food and the things you need, like the hierarchy of needs. We've never had more access to that than we do right now. But yet somehow we have never been less healthy mentally than we have been right now. And, And I think those are the two big players on that 
And I wanted to go back to even what you said before. And again, I'm going to keep spoiling my sermon for this week, but that's fine. Um, if you're listening, you still have to come. Um, but it's, I think the, the misconception about rest is it means that like you are always in this place of like, well, no, I really shouldn't push that hard. And I really should have all this space in my day. That's naturally. And it's like, the idea of rest, as, as God put it, is it's like, it's this chunk of time. But then after that, what God modeled for us is the rest of the time, like you're, you're like making things happen. And I think that's one of those misconceptions is during the week, it's like, well, you got to slow down, you got to slow down. It's like, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to really give it during the weeks. This is my time to work. This is like, I got six days to make this happen. I'm going to go. You Motors know. are made to be run hard occasionally. Yep. Um, if you happen to find a mint condition 1978 Chevy pickup truck with uh, 3,200 miles on it that sat in a garage since, you know, hardly ever has been on the road, yep. it's not going to run well. No. Nope. It, it, ha- it wasn't made to sit. No. Um, it was made to be stressed every once in a while and then given a rest and then be stressed again. And I feel like that's how our bodies were made as well. Like, and I've thought that before, like I've, I've told Jocelyn within the last week, like it's a blessing to go to bed tired. It's a blessing to go to bed so tired that you just sleep and you sleep well and you wake up feeling recharged. And so yeah, I guess that that's a good thing. And it and if you craft your life around trying to avoid that, that's not healthy either. Exactly. You like we we rest for a reason. Like rest is not the goal. Rest is like the way to the goal. Our goal should be to change the world. That's literally our call as Christians. The rest is because we understand that that's God's design for us and we won't be able to change the world if we don't rest. But rest isn't the end goal. Like the end goal is to do amazing things. And so it's, and that's where, again, this Sunday, I want to really wrap it up to make sure nobody thinks that I'm, I'm sitting here being like, hey, we should all just not do much. You that- should just coast through the rest of life. It's like, no, this is, but if we don't get rest down, we're, we're not going to be able to make it. We're not going to finish the race, but yeah, man, when it's time to run, let's run, let's go. So that, that leads, and you pretty much answered this, but I just want to be clear about it. So like the other question I wanted to ask just to clear up what Sabbath means and in the context of of which we're talking about it, does rest mean lounging? It does, can. It, it does can. It, let me rephrase that. Does does rest have to mean lounging? No. And I think, and I would, I really do want to jump into talking more about the land from you because I even on Sunday I kept it pretty brief because I was like I don't I don't you know enough. Of, okay, because I was like I don't want to say something that is like wrong. So I'm going to keep it a little bit more, but I would love for you to expand on it. But it is like the Bible makes it very clear when the land had its Sabbath, things still grew on it. Like, like things are still going to grow. And, um, like I shared on Sunday, when I first started doing a Sabbath, um, I did, I just sat there and stared at a wall 
because that's what I need. I was I was that just burnt out. But then after a few weeks, I didn't need to do that anymore. Then it was like some other things. And I eventually found, hey, now I'm like, I'm writing some like songs. Man, I haven't done that in 10 years. Like, and that's, that's where I was go- getting yeah. at with this is like, if fishing is the thing in life that brings you the most joy, then yeah. you need to create space to do that every yeah. once in a while and, and not say, I have no time to do it. If dueling, doing a grueling mountain biking right. route yeah. uh, brings you tons of satisfaction and joy, well, that's hard work. Yep. But that could also be the best rest you've ever had. Right. And that's even, you know, I was talking to you, like I took a week vacation and everyone's like, what'd you do? I did a bunch of projects, like yard projects. I don't know if that necessarily, I would count that as a Sabbath because I was definitely producing something that I was hoping to harvest. But people were like, wow, that sounds like a pretty terrible vacation. And I was like, it was amazing. I would love that. Because it's the opposite of what is pulled from me on a normal basis. And that's what I gather so much from the land is like, there's certain nutrients that are always pulled for me. I'm a pastor. So it's like the, the, the nutrients that are pulled from me, emotional decision-making spiritual discernment. Like those are all the things that it's like at the end of my day, that tank is always empty that, but the part of me that is just like a, you know, physical, get, get things done, accomplish tasks. I can go through a week where, you know, my nine to five job doesn't pull from that at all. Right. Like that's completely full and just overflowing. And so to have that time where it's like, maybe to someone else, that would seem like a terrible week. But for me, it's like, I'm pulling from a tank that hasn't been pulled from in, you know, months. And that's, I want to speak to the people who may be wired a little bit the way I am. And honestly, idleness saps me mm-hmm. more than extremely hard work yep. and leaves me feeling unfulfilled, yep. tired. And, and it's really hard for me. In fact, um, and I want to be careful with this and I don't want anyone to, to, uh, take this in a direction that I'm not trying to, but like even, and this is a little bit crazy, probably sounds crazy, but when Jocelyn and I went on our honeymoon, we went up to the North woods, her aunt and uncle gave us a week at their cabin and she was a little bit worried about whether I'd be able to handle just being up there for a week. And so I did a couple projects for them. We kind of had them figured out ahead of time and I spent you know, a couple hours while we were up there doing these, but then it helped me to enjoy the rest of the time. Yeah. Absolutely. And I don't, I know it, it's different for everybody, but yes. like for me, what rest looks like nowadays is my kids will ask me 30 times in a week if I'll play catch with them. Yes. And a majority of the time it's like, I'm, I would love to, but I, right now is not a good time. Yeah. Well, eventually I have to say yes. Right. And it, it edifies them and it edifies me yep. to do that. Yes. And well, and what I just want to add to that, because I, I, I also don't want, and this is such a topic where I think we're both feeling it, is like we want to clarify and we, because it is, it's going to be a little different for everybody. But Especially I, in a rural society, yes. rural yes. Um, culture. Yes. But I could also see somebody taking this the other way to be like, oh, okay, so I get, I just get to golf for 16 hours every week. It's like, That's no, this is time given to God. 
And to me, that's the whole, what we learn from the land is like, yes, things will grow, but you don't get to decide what grows. You have to give it to God and let God. And so there has to be a hands off the steering wheel. And that's hard for all of us. Like we're all different, but we all like to control things. Like we, that's going to be a struggle for all of us is we're going to want to be like, I've got this Sabbath coming up. Here's what I've got planned. That goes against the Sabbath. The Sabbath is like, no, God, this is your time to grow in me what you want. And maybe it will be going fishing or maybe it, but he's also going to give you leadings of your kids saying, hey, can I play catch? And if you're going, nope, I already planned golfing all day. It's my Sabbath. You might be missing the point of what God's trying to do. I do. I'm really glad you made that point because I think everything I said wasn't taking it quite far enough so far. Um, it would be a major mistake for us to be intentional about clearing up some spots in our calendar enough to just slow down, but to never use those opportunities to take it a step further yes. and connect with the Lord in those opportunities. I think that's the biggest thing is if God has something he's trying to tell you, your Sabbath, there should be space for you to hear that. Yeah. And I think that that's, and for all of this, cause I even had some questions after church on Sunday. Well, can I do this? Can I, cause I, I understand this is like, uh, it's a hard thing cause we're not being legalistic, but we're also understanding that we as humans very easily can slide into, I'm going to call it a Sabbath, but it's really not doing what it's supposed to be doing in my life. Um, And that's one of the questions I always ask myself is just if God wanted to grow something in me during this, would I hear it? Would there be space for it? Or would I have already planted my own seeds for what I want to do? Because if I have, then it's not a Sabbath anymore. Super good point. And it's it's hard. And that's what, so one of the, the boundaries I put on myself is I cannot plan anything. Yeah. Ahead of time. It's like, because once I do that, I've planted like I've planted then it has to be okay I get home from church I eat and then I just sit there and go what what's what's growing God what do you want to grow and sometimes I take a nap sometimes I play video games sometimes I watch tv with Les sometimes I go outside and go for a walk or whatever but my my boundary is I don't get to decide ahead of time and I ask God and I'm like what what are you trying to grow out of me right now and then I just kind of go with it. Um, There's a couple things that I see there, and I'm just sort of self-evaluating myself as you say that. But, like, one of the first things to address is the fear of being bored. Yep. That is something that I've thought a lot about, especially with kids right now. And my kids, we're not Amish, <laughs> but we have yet to give our kids phones and our kids don't have video games. And that's a whole other conversation and hopefully no one's like judging us for that. But like, that's just a choice that we've made. And because of that, our kids, um, I guess one of my hopes out of that is they can learn to not be bored when there isn't stuff engaging them all the time. And, but as adults, we're the same way. Yeah. And I think we have to be okay with not being bored. 
Well, and I, or, I or maybe maybe even be okay with being bored. That's I'll take it a step further because I've actually I've been reading some books that it are they they talk about the value of being bored. That that's why you know when you look at when you were younger, you had these these awesome ideas and you were so creative and you invented things. And I even look at like how I used to write songs and write and all of these things. And that's because you have to be bored first. Like it, until you're bored, your brain doesn't access those deeper parts. And so I think boredom, it's okay. You don't want to sit in that boredom. But the beautiful thing about the the human brain is that we'll be bored for a, a little bit, but once like our brain is like, oh, so there's not going to be any outside stimulus to fix this. All right. I better start thinking up some stuff. And that's where like the really good parts of you, I believe come right. out. Um, and so I think we can't be afraid of being bored, understanding that you're not going to sit there bored the whole day and no one's forcing you to not do anything, but let the boredom guide you into what would be fun to do? I mean, that's the other thing is I just, you know, just for anyone who's listening, I mean, does this sound familiar? Maybe you've had this conversation with your spouse. Man, we used to laugh all the time. We used to have fun. I remember that there used to be joy and, and we were lighthearted and things didn't feel so heavy. And I, man, I don't know what happened. I feel like I'm not that, there's a version of myself that I don't know where they went. I don't know how to refine it. A lot of that is because of like just not having that everything is planned, everything is serious, yeah. everything is productive. And even if you use the Sabbath to refine those parts of yourself that are dumb and lighthearted, and it's like finding the human being was not meant to be productive all the time, it's just not how we're designed. And when you force yourself to always be getting stuff done, you know, you lose very big parts of yourself that are very important that God gave you. And I know I had that conversation with Les once where it's like, man, I don't remember the last time I laughed like hard. So, and I think most of us can say that. So, uh, and I think this is a good lead into our conversation about the land analogy, but I want to go back to your phrase about human beings not being designed to be productive all the time i i i think you're right but i also i think that could be adjusted a tad Mm -hmm. and because i believe that productive should be in quotation marks because one of the biggest obstacles for us is the the status that we put on getting things done right and Even we use that, I use it to self-evaluate myself. Like I'm achieving things, I'm Mm -hmm. getting things done, I'm accomplishing stuff. And that's what makes me feel good about myself or determine whether I'm hitting the mark or not. And I mean, what do we always do when we meet people? We ask them what they do. Absolutely. And we put so much emphasis on achievements and getting things done. And I so I think... That is what we see as productive, but I believe that there's other things that we produce, and I think that's what you're getting at. And and Sabbath, we're allowing ourselves to produce something differently. Yes. And and I think that is so. The reason the land analogy works so well is because 
the land was created by God and so were we. Yep. And so everything created by God, while it all looks different on the surface, when you really begin to like nerd out and look at the science of it, everything is the same. Like everything kind of follows the same pattern. Yeah. And there's so many similarities. And so professionally, I work with the land, so I really understand how it works well. And to take it even a step further, what I really spend most of my time doing is helping people understand the way the land was designed and the fact that the way we've been managing it for decades and for generations has been working against that. We've been trying to sort of beat the land into submission. Yeah. To, to make it do what we want it to do yep. for our gain. Yep. And what we're seeing every every year, every decade, we get further down that path is the land is growing extremely tired. Yeah. It's not working the way it used to. Yeah. And there's all kinds of signs, and people don't necessarily see them. Number one, they don't want to see them because it goes against their goals and objectives. Number two, some people are just ignorant to it, yep. not by choice, but they just don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're really, for myself professionally, we're trying to help people, but that's exactly what you're doing and talking about Sabbath with people right now because if this isn't taught to people, it go, it is so, uh, it's not intuitive mm-hmm. and people just won't do it. Yeah, and I think it, it just goes back to, like like you said, this is how everything works. And I think we just, you know, are, are willfully ignorant. Like, it's right in front of us, but we're like, no. But it, even if you look at, like, a restaurant, like, where you make your money is making food and selling it to people, right? So that's, but if you get to that mindset of, like, okay, that's the productive part. I make food, I sell it. But if as the business owner, especially like, let's say you're a small food truck where it's like you pretty much do everything. If you're like, well, I don't want to take the time to like fill my inventory. I don't make money on that. It's like, well, then you don't have food anymore to sell. Like you have to, even though that day you take to order all your food and to get it figured out, how much of this do I need? How much of that? you're not going to be able to keep making money. But I think we get so short-sighted as like, well, no, that's the profitable thing is making food and selling it. So why would I waste my time buying more food? That doesn't make me any money. And it's like, it doesn't take much to take one step back and go, okay, but maybe you don't make money by ordering food, but like that is what gives you the food to sell. And it's the same, like as a Christian, understand that like what you have to give comes from God. Like that's, it has to come from him. The Sabbath is that inventory day. Like maybe you can't point to directly how that makes you profitable or productive, but it doesn't take much to take a step back to go, if I have nothing to give, it doesn't matter how much time I spend trying to give. If my tank is empty, I'm not productive. So I might as well take that time to refill my inventory. And even if I have one less day of selling, I actually have products to sell at that point. And I think for me, it's just helping people understand this isn't laziness. And I think I said it probably 85 times, like, don't feel guilty for resting. That's not laziness. That's literally wisdom. That's, that's what it is. It's wise. 
it's good business. Number one, because God knows how he made you, but you can look at anything in life and it's like there's always those refillings that maybe you can say that's a waste of time if you're that short-sighted to be able to say, I can't directly point to how that makes me oh, money. Oh man, you're, you're really walking into the analogy now. So, yeah. so like, uh, I guess a, a good example, so like in central Wisconsin, um, we are, you, you go for a drive and you see corn. Yep. So let's just talk about how far, what farmers do. Mm-hmm. So they, they will till a field. They will probably till it a whole bunch of times to get the soil ready. They'll plant a seed. They'll put fertilizer on it. They'll spray a couple mm-hmm. times to kill all the weeds and only have what they want. Yep. And then if everything works out right at the end of the season, they collect their crop and that's the money in the bank for them. Yeah. So they've spent the whole year sort of working against what wants to happen naturally mm-hmm. uh, to, to get that check at the end of the year. Yeah. But if you think about that timeline, it's basically May through October. Yeah. There's a lot of year left. So what happens in those months after that, that cannot be viewed as the rest mm-hmm. it it may look like it to us because there's nothing out there but that's no different than an adult sleeping in the yes. evening so yep. the winter is nighttime for people yep it, it it's sleeping for the land yeah it, ha- it so that just happens mm-hmm. and so we can't really count that as our sabbath we have to be intentional about intentional about doing something different and if we're not careful we continue on this path of just consecutively every year taking everything's based around taking from the land taking taking it's all about what profits us but we're never putting back right we're never doing anything to replace what we've taken um except for you know spending a lot of money on fertilizer and stuff like that Yes. And so there are other things that farmers do. They'll sometimes plant a crop called a cover crop after that corn comes off for something to grow during that off season. And they have no intention of ever taking that crop off the field. It's yes. going to go back to the field. Yes. The whole intention of that is to give something back to the right. field. Yep. And and we need that because and that's such a beautiful analogy but it, you can go back to either back when humans were hunter-gatherers where it was like they were truly like scraping by can i get enough calories to survive mm-hmm. this winter and yet somehow there was still music somehow there was still poetry it's like this has to be part of us from the beginning there were parts of us that you couldn't point directly to yes that gives me food or yes that does that we have always understood need to be there and i think the tricky part of this is that i feel like and it's with most sin right at the beginning you feel like you're cheating the system because you, you can get away with it a little bit at the beginning. So like if we, if we take it and, and just say, okay, with, with rest, okay, I cannot have a Sabbath. And for a little while, I, I can feel like I, I get more than the average person. So I'm cheating the system. It's mm-hmm. working. I'm getting ahead. 
after a little bit of time, I start breaking down kind of like the land. So you got to, now you got to bring in extra fertilizer. Mm -hmm. So for me, okay, I just, I'll drink an extra cup of coffee. It's all right. Now I can keep pushing a little harder, but the more you do it, the more you have to, and before you know it, what you are spending to keep going far exceeds what you had ever gained by trying to cheat it. So pretty soon now I'm drinking two pots of coffee a day and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm, I'm trying to keep cheating the system. And it's like, you've cheated yourself because that by when you keep, when you follow it to the end of the road, you have actually spent way more than you would have to just do it the right way from the beginning. And I think that that's just, we don't want to admit it. I think it's a human thing to just think that we can outsmart the system but it's like, God, you can't outsmart God's design. We are all subject to God's design one and, way or and another. farmer lingo, that's called um, spending dollars to chase dimes. That's exactly it. And But we do it all the time. And I'll, I'll catch myself too because I always, you know, I, someday I'm going to get my caffeine intake where I want it because I drink more caffeine than I should. But I'll catch it. I'll be like, oh, man, okay, what used to be uh, – normal now is where I start and I can just see the amount each week up to get. And, and that's when I know, okay, I'm not, I'm trying to cheat the system and I gotta, I gotta just kind of do it the right way. Cause as much as, you know, having a cup of coffee in the morning, there's nothing wrong with that. When I start to view my caffeine as my way to cheat God's design for me, it's not going to end well. Like, and I've just, I've walked through that enough times to know. And, um, I think for me, that's where it's just going back to just the heart of all this is this is for you. And that's what I really tried to nail. This is not a punishment. This is not God trying to like stomp you down and say, Mm -hmm. just sit there and do nothing. It's God saying like, this is things will go well for you. I want things to go well for you. This is how I made you trust me and, and, and see what happens. And, like I said, I can attest to it because we had, you know, our life is a little different because we don't have children, but we probably have more overall responsibility than the average person of just demands being made on us. And like you said, I think the age that we're at, you know, late 30s, early 40s is probably where the most demands come from because you're kind of like, okay, you're old enough now that we should be able to expect things from you, but you're young enough that you should have the energy to do it all. We're kind of in that, you know, when you're young, you're kind of given a pass. And once you get older, it's kind of like, well, you know, we can't expect that from them, but we're kind of right in that zone of like, you're, you should be able to do it all right now. Um, for me, I, I remember having this conversation with Les of like, if we take Sunday afternoon, I don't know where this stuff will go. I don't understand how I'll get all these things done. Um, and somehow it just always, I got what needed to get done, done. Now that's an important word needed. There were things that was like, okay, I don't need to do this now. So I have to let it go. Um, but I think it's, I think if you trust God and you, you give this to him and you just start giving him some time and say, God, you do with this, what you want. I just, we're always going to get the good end of the deal with that. Yeah. And I just, I want to reiterate the intentionality part of this because, um, 
anyone listening who really understands how the land works. Well, and you know this as well. If you till up your garden and just let it sit, it's going to fit. Stuff will grow. Yeah. But it's not going to be the most desirable stuff in the world. Any of these agricultural fields in our neighborhood, if you till it and then let it sit for the growing season, what grows out there is not going to profit anybody. Right. And part of that is because of what we... So, I mean, that's not terrible for the land to just let come come. But at the same time, part of it is a product of 100 years of us treating the land the way it is. Yep. Now the only stuff that comes is super unprofitable, what we call weeds. Yep. And so I think we have to be aware of the fact, like if we're starting this out in a place where we have no routine, we've never done this before, what comes out of, if you just allow yourself to be idle, but you don't do anything else mm-hmm. to like set this up to be a true Sabbath, good stuff may not come out of it. I do right. think you need to be intentional about like, um, if you are going to clear this space, make sure that you do something to put yourself in a place where it's going to be fruitful. Right. And that it's going, you are going to connect with God. Like yeah. that's the whole purpose of this. Yes, I, I agree. And I think it's, I want to clarify, cause that's a really good point. So there's, there's things that grow that are harmful and there's things that grow that are just not profitable. And you need to allow things to grow that are not profitable. That you're like, well, this doesn't make me impressive to other people. I can't turn around and make my life better by what is growing here. It might just be things that grow because they're beautiful and there's no profit to be right. made from them. But then there's other things that are like, you know, invasive species, things that are going to spread that it's like, nope, you got to take care of that. And so it's like, you don't want the enemy to decide what grows in your Sabbath. But I think, you know, I, 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 I fixed my lawn up a little bit. We had a bunch of divots and things. And one of them was on our neighbor's part of the yard. And when they put our fence in, they kind of like messed with their yard and our neighbor's really cool. But we, we, we leveled it out with dirt and we kind of, we put grass seed on it, but I, I just asked her like, do you want me to put straw on this? I like, it might help it grow better, but I don't want you to have to deal with straw if you don't want to. And that's where she was just like, something's going to grow. Like she's very laid back. She's mm-hmm. not worried about it. And then so I just realized even with like our garden and all, like the majority of the work you put in is not to make something grow. It's to control what grows. And I think it's, the Sabbath is going to be that balance of like, you don't get to control what grows, but you do have to be cautious of like, okay, but God needs to be the one making it grow and not the enemy or not just you letting things grow that shouldn't be there. Yeah. And I think like each of us needs to be honest with ourselves about our tendencies. And so like if creating space for you is going to result in you just scrolling your phone. Yes. Then you need to like do something to avoid that from happening. Or like the, what you said before, like if you um, open up space in your schedule, but then you end up golfing and your family never sees you and stuff like that. Well then you need to do something about that as well. So you need to understand, you do need to have a little bit of a, 
feel for what is going to start growing once you, you know, allow that space. Yep. You need to have some boundaries. And that's where I even said on Sunday, like, hey, I'm not going to give you guys a list of do's and don'ts. But I did, even on Sunday, said, here's some things where it it should be consistent, it should be planned, and it should be non-negotiable. Those are more boundaries versus, okay, here's a list of do's and don'ts. Um, Oh, there's your bird clock. Um, But here's, here's some things that I use on myself. And if this works, let it work. If I find I'm doing the exact same thing every time, then I start to get cautious mm-hmm. of it because that probably means I'm just doing my default stuff. There should be some variation to what happens. You should feel closer to God. Like you should be able to feel after that Sabbath that there was some sort of connection. Now, it's not always going to be mountaintop moments, but there should be some sort of connection to God that you experience in that Sabbath, even if it's small. Um, and here's what I'll just, I'll say too, to be, just challenge people a little bit. If you're married, listen to your spouse because they're probably going to see stuff. So I have had it where it's like, it's my Sabbath. I can do whatever. And Les is like, you've been on your phone the whole time. And it's really easy to be defensive and be like, well, no, this is just what I need. But to truly humble yourself and be like, okay, if my spouse sees this in me, I should probably listen to it. And those are some boundaries that help me a little bit um, to do that. I know there's a lot of people, and I wouldn't say you have to do it, but I say this would probably really take care of a lot of the other things is like they go screen free during their mm-hmm. Sabbath. So it's like no phones, no TV, no, you know, whatever. Um, and that would probably help alleviate a lot of the tendencies that we all have to just waste that time. Yeah. Cause then it's like, if you're tired, actually take a nap, you know, but I know that's what Les says to me all the time. And I'm finally starting to listen. She's like, you're tired, but you won't take a nap. You'll watch TV or whatever. So you never really recharge. You're in this middle ground where when I go screen free, if I'm tired, I will actually fall asleep and take a nap if that's what I need. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. And I think we could definitely talk a lot more about this and maybe, maybe next week we'll just continue. Yeah, I think because next week I'm excited about because, and I know I keep teasing it, but I just want to make sure everybody understands like the, this is not the end goal. This is just a piece that a lot of us are missing that I think is a huge part of why we're not accomplishing the end goal that that Jesus gave us to accomplish. And so until we can get this going, it's going to be really hard for us to accomplish the kind of things that we want to in mm-hmm. life. And so, you know, that's that's my main thing. And that's where I'm excited to talk through what does it look like to actually find a rhythm and a flow to life that that honors God and works in his design instead of fighting against it? Yeah. Because I think that's what you said that just hits me is most of us live life fighting God's design and thinking somehow we can put God's design under our feet and just beat it into submission. And we're not going to be able to do that. God's design always wins. It it just does. And so finding that way to work within God's design rather than trying to somehow rise above it and beat it down. Right. Well, 
Uh, Lord, we just thank you for your abundant grace in this subject because we know we get this wrong more than we get it right, but you don't hold that against us and you continue uh, like a loving father to just be there. And uh, so I just pray for uh, Eric and I and everyone else listening um, that we can just trust your design and trust your process. Um and that we can grow closer to you. And I just pray for an opportunity for every person listening uh, to find a way to start integrating Sabbath into their life. And we just ask for clarity in that uh, for each person because it's going to look different for everybody. But we know that there are huge rewards uh, available to us if we do this. And this is one of your commandments. And and so we know that this is a, that you... Um, hold this in high regards. And so we want to honor you with it. So we just ask for your help. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.